On today's episode of Freight Up, how Pay discusses the key drivers for the iron ore spike these past couple of weeks and its sustainability. Archie Smith discusses the impact that EIA data could have on fuel oil markets. All this and more on Freight Up. Freight Up! Hello and welcome to Freight Up. My name's Fernanda and I'll be your host as we navigate the seas of freight and commodities. On today's episode, we bring you two key updates, one from Pay, our analysts on the Ferris Complex, and your favorite broker, Archie Smith, discussing the oil markets. Let's dive right in. And without further ado, here is the people's broker, Archie Smith. Hello. How are you doing, Archie? All good, thank you. Yourself? Oh, fantastic. I just got back from Paris. Lovely. I took my mom. Oh, lovely. That was brilliant. That was oh, brilliant. God, it was great, except that it was 34C. Really? It was a bit much. But while I was gone, you did mention that crude had surged by 2 to $3. Yeah, yeah. It all kind of kicked off last Tuesday. Yeah. Saudi and Russia announced that they're going to extend their current production cuts to the end of the year while also assessing that every month. So as some of you may know, uh, Saudi Arabia currently are uh, reducing their oil production by a million barrels per day and Russia are doing so by 300,000 barrels per day. The market expected them to extend those cuts into October um, because that's kind of what they've done since they started the cuts. They've put, Each month they've extended it into the next month. But when the announcement came, they, they were going, right, we are keeping these cuts. So total 1.3 million barrels per day from Russia and Saudi Arabia. To the end of the year, yeah, fear kind of set in. Everyone was obviously worried about the supply side of things and crude rocketed up to highs that we've not had since November last year, which was kind of around the $91 per barrel mark. And then admittedly, it, it did soften a little bit off of that. But this week, we're back up now to new highs. So literally really? today, yeah, today we're, we're even higher, 92.50 odd. At for the, the time the Brent, he left his yeah, desk, At folks. the time I left my <laughs> desk, yeah. I suppose the market focus at the minute is just that supply tightness uh, going into winter. Yeah, people are slightly worried. You know, there can sometimes be an uptick in in demand for oil in winter. You know, obviously for, you know, for heating, etc., uh, etc. Et there is slight worries of kind of a supply deficit, and that's what's supporting prices. I mean, you've also got uh, a slightly softer dollar which is supporting prices when the dollar's weaker against other currencies holders of those foreign foreign currencies can buy more oil hence pushing the price up definitely kind of on a on a bit of a bullish run at the minute you also mentioned that the high sulfur east west contract was still the main attraction what's going on there speaking about the fuel the high sulfur east west is is down like 10 bucks since the start of the week trading around minus 15 that's the differential between the high sulfur singapore grade fuel oil Oil and the high sulfur European grade fuel oil. And when that differential is in minus territory, it means that the European grade is trading at a premium to the Singapore grade. And that has been getting absolutely hammered recently. Like I said, down 10 bucks uh, from the start of the week, down like three bucks today already. There's not really, from what I know, much kind of fundamental reasoning as as to why this is happening. Uh, from what we've kind of asked around in the market, we've heard that a lot of traders are using it as a tool to kind of manage the, the volatility that we've seen in the European high sulfur crack. You know, when that European high sulfur crack ticks up, which it has been, it's really been rallying recently, the price of the high sulfur euro flat price comes up with it. So I think, you know, it's just the case of a lot of traders are selling off the the east-west. So they're selling their 380 Singapore, their uh, Singapore high sulfur positions and 
and going more long in the European high sulfur um, and trying to kind of keep an hold on to that as it as it's trading at a premium to the to the Singapore stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean that is kind of really chopping around at the minute. Another kind of thing that's really supporting that high sulfur European side of things is the uh, the front spreads. The Oknov spread is up like five bucks since yesterday. I think it I think it opened yesterday around twelve dollars between the Octanov contract. It's trading like seventeen today, seventeen fifty. Again, kind of really adding some support to that near term European high sulfur fuel oil. Well, Archie, it sounds like you've been a very busy person yeah. <laughs> over the last week. What is your big takeaway going into next week? Keep an eye on the high sulfur east west for sure. I mean, I could see that coming lower still. And another thing, obviously, we've got tonight coming out the um, EIA, US EIA stockpile data which will be a good indication of how u.s demand is getting on obviously all eyes are on u.s and and chinese demand being the two biggest economies on the globe chinese demand has been kind of wailing slightly which which has offered some counterbalance to the to the crude prices that have been really skyrocketing at the minute when that data releases it it will be a good indication of, of how the u.s is getting on i mean usually generally speaking if they've had a drawback in a lot of their stockpiles of your gasoline and crude particularly uh that means that they're that there's good demand for those those uh oil products in the country so therefore economy faring fairly well um which could see the crude come up even more with global stockpiles low in general if this eia shows a big drawback yeah we could see the crude strengthening from strength to strength just how we like to see west ham yeah oh yeah 100 percent. yeah i'm (laughs) I'm there i'm there on the weekend we've got man city so i mean yeah yeah i mean we've had a really good run we need humbling at some point but who knows you know i'm I'm actually at the game that's amazing but hopefully they they just don't do a man city and like turn us over like six nil Well, let's hope. And uh, if not, Archie Smith would very much appreciate that you buy him a round at the pub after. (laughs) That'll be a lot of rounds. (laughs) All right, Archie. Well, we look forward to seeing you back on the potty, as you like to call it, uh, back with that EIA data and an update on how the West Ham Manchester game went. Yeah, we're hoping for good news on both. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, indeed we are. are. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you very much, Fernanda. Let's talk about Ferris with How Pay. How are you, Fernanda? Doing well. Reunited and it feels so good. I've been away for a couple of weeks, uh, you know, showing my mom around Europe. She's never left North America before. But while that was happening, Iron Ore was having a bit of a moment. There was a while there for a three-week span that we had a huge Iron Ore spike. What was the key driver to support that? As we all see, the expectations of the Ferris market has gradually changed in China. That's a main driver because two months ago, when the government started a political conference saying to maintain a loose monetary strategies and to support house sectors, a lot of investors, including me, were not entirely convinced. And now some of the developers, other than two of them, the, the big two, the, the rest of them are setting restructured plans and take more loans from the banks. And home buyers can move to their new houses instead of lock their houses. And the other big changes, the mortgage rate moved into a fast decreasing turnover. 
Many cities lowered down payments, the mortgage rate, and buying qualifications, which stimulate a figure growth in tier one and tier two cities of the house buying. When we all see those statistics and figures, we're convinced that the July conference in China they realized the promises. So I think that's one of the big changes in the Ferris market from the strategies and macro environment. And moreover, that's why we are seeing the high peak iron production last through July and August, which used to be a light season normally, but it is very high this year. We also see the high crude steel production as a result. I think that's from an expectation to reality. That's the whole process of it. So I think that's why we've seen a big iron ore push, including the big bearish market push um, in the past three or four weeks. Is it sustainable? I think it's sustainable for September at least.、Wow. I think this Q4 will be higher than the rest of the Q4s in the last two years, because I think. The the Arno has the basic strategic support from the metro side and from the mills side. The steel mills have a better ways of strategies to control the margins and loss instead of any other years. Some of the years they fail to control the loss. They running through a variable loss for a few months, but it doesn't happen this year. It could happen in some of the mid and small mills. It doesn't happen at all for big mills. So I think the management level in the industry is growing up, is improving, is optimizing, as well as the macro support is foreseeable and it's stable. The fuel demand is very materialized. It's not. It's not entirely lying in expectations. The other、uh, big industry, the auto industry, in particular, the、uh, new autos,、uh, when we call it NEV, the new electronic vehicles, for the first eight months of the year, the sales realized a forty percent of the growth compared to last year. So I think the auto sales and productions has taken over some of the losses from the house building over the last year. So I think it's filling the holes of the、uh, the steel consumption. That's why we're seeing the steel production and demand are still high, given the house investing slows down this year. So、uh, I'm taking the support views, or I'm 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 new to the bullish for the current few months or current September and October, and I'm holding a little bit neutral in Q4. So, what's your key takeaway for this week?、Mm-hmm. I think in general, it's a better rest of the year compared to the last couple of years because of the consumption level throughout the year. In in, in particular, in H two or it's H two is the best H two of the last five years. Well, how I'm sure everyone was very excited to get your detailed analysis on the Ferris complex and. I'm looking forward to getting back into our stride. So I will see you next week. See you next week. Well, that's it for us this week. Thank you so much for joining us. And as always, please make sure to check out our website at freightuppodcast.com. Especially if you're a West Ham fan, we'd love to hear your comments about the show or any consolation that you may have for Archie if things don't go West Ham's way. See you next time. Straight up. 